Our Father, we praise your name this morning. On this day of Pentecost, in memory, we worship you. We have sought you because of your goodness and mercies upon your house. We worship you for the gift of the Holy Spirit bestowed upon your church. We ask, O oh God, that this morning, as we listen to your word, that you grant unto each and every one of us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge and understanding of your word. Though the eyes of our understanding may be flooded with light this morning, to be able to appreciate what you have given, and with openness of heart, receive the blessing from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. I give God praise for this opportunity to share again with us this Pentecost Sunday. Our topic this morning is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself is a gift as we are going to see from the Word of God. And so, there is no better day to talk about the gift from heaven as today. Because it was in a day like today, over 2,000 years ago, that this gift of the Holy Spirit was first received and sent or shed forth upon the church. The scriptures that have been given to guide me, although we are going to be reading many others, are Acts of the Apostles chapter 2, 1 to 4, 17 to 18, and I'll add 33 to 38. Can look at them. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, 1 to 4, 17 to 18, and 33 to 38. 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, and on my men servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Verse 33. Therefore, being exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, 
But he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, Till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made thee Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were caught to their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You note from there that the Holy Spirit is a gift. He is a gift from God. He is a gift from heaven. It all began in the Old Testament book of Jewel. When Jewel in prophecy spoke about this gift of the Holy Spirit who was going to be poured out upon all flesh. Of course, we now know that all flesh there means all believing flesh. For in Joel 2.28 it says, It shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my men servants, and upon my maid servants, will I pour my spirit also in those days. And there shall be sign in the heaven and wonders of it, and so on. And so that was where the promise was originally made. That a day was going to come when God was going to pour out His Spirit upon all believers. And our Lord Jesus also began to talk quite some about this gift that was going to come from heaven. I remember in John chapter 7, from verse 37 to 39, Jesus spoke about the gift of God. The Bible said in the last day of the feast, that great day, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any one thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture said, I know it was referring to that place, he who believes in me, out of his spirit or belly, shall flow rivers of living water. 39. This is spake concerning the spirit which they that believe on him should receive, for they had not yet received, for the Spirit was not yet given, rather, for Jesus was not yet glorified. He spoke about the gift, but it was still in a near future. The Holy Ghost was not yet given as that of that time. Simply because Jesus was not yet glorified. But from where we read this morning, it's clear that Jesus has been glorified. That's why if you remember what we read from verse 33, he said, Jesus 
having been exalted at the right hand of the Father, had received this promise of the Holy Spirit and set forth, which you now hear and see. And so, after the resurrection of Jesus, he ascended into heaven, having been glorified at the right hand side of the Father. He received for the church this promised gift of the Holy Spirit. He set him forth. And that was why what happened in verses 1 to 4 of Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 happened. It was in explaining what happened in chapter 2, 1 to 4, that Peter made the statement in chapter 2, verse 33. Of course, you remember in chapter 38, when they were pricked in their hearts, he said unto them, Repent and be converted that every one of you will be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. If you go to 39, says, because this gift was actually made unto, the promise was made unto you, unto your sons, unto those who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And so the Holy Spirit is a gift from heaven. It's a gift that is meant for those that would believe on Jesus. And so, it's the believer's right. It's a redemptive right. It's a family right for every believer. And that's why you see that if you read from the day of Pentecost, you discover that whenever and wherever people believed in Jesus, they were simply encouraged to receive that gift. As we may see before the end of this discussion. And so, I want to point out that when you are born again, it qualifies you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because you have become a member of the family of God. And that qualification of that being born again or receiving the word of God opens you up to receiving the gift of the Spirit. Now, we also want to look at the receiving of the Spirit from the Acts of the Apostle background. As soon as Jesus ascended, of course they had already told them to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to understand why they needed to wait. There is no need to wait today. They needed to wait until Jesus be glorified. They needed to wait until Jesus was exalted. As soon as Jesus was exalted, as soon as Jesus received the gift of the Holy Spirit, as soon as he shed it for the Holy Spirit, there was no more any need forever for any man to wait for the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostle where we read, chapter, one, chapter 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. I want you to note that it had fully come. Because it was obviously slated that on the day of Pentecost, that was 50 days from his resurrection, Jesus was going to receive the gift and send to his people. 
And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in, in unity in one place, and suddenly they heard this sound like that of a mighty rushing wind, which also filled the house where they were seated. And they saw the cloven tongues divided like tongues separating upon each and every one of them. Verse 4 said, And they were all. I want you to note, it was not many. It was not some. It was not most of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And as soon as they were filled, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them ability to speak or utterance. And so, that was the beginning of men receiving and no more asking for. We are not expected to ask for the Holy Ghost. It amounts to ignorance to ask for a gift that has been given. All that anybody requires is required to do after a gift has been given is simply to receive. And so, in Acts of the Apostle chapter 10, that's the second account we might look at. Verses 44 to 46, that was happening at Caesarea Philippi. It was in the house of a man, a centurion of what was known as the Italian regiment, Cornelius. Peter and some brethren had come from Judea or Jerusalem to speak to them about Jesus. Verse 44 says, Why Peter yet spoke, why Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all that heard him. And the circumcision, those of the circumcision, the people that came with Peter, they were all amazed that upon the Gentiles also was given the gift of the promise of the Holy Spirit, or was poured the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit, as it was given to them in the beginning. Verse 46 tells us what convinced them that the Gentiles have been sealed or received the Holy Spirit because they had them speak in tongues and magnify God. And so this is the second account in the Acts of the Apostle. When people received, Peter said, seeing that they have received this same gift of the Holy Spirit, the same way we ourselves received in the beginning. What is going to prevent them from being baptized in the water? And so, they received because the Holy Spirit was already given. Maybe we look at a third one where Apostle Paul was in the city of Ephesus in Acts of the Apostle chapter 19. If we read from verse 2, he asked about what people he met in Ephesus a question. And what was the question? Did you receive the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost when you believed? If you read it from Young's 
literal translation, he said, Having believed, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Now, it points again to this fact that the Holy Spirit is to be received by every believer. If you are a believer, have you received? That was the question he was asking. Have you believed? Did you receive? Meaning, when you believe, you will receive. Receiving and believing go together. Every believer must be a receiver. To believe is to receive. Did you receive when you believed? Of course, the case was pathetic. They said, we did not even know that there was... In fact, they don't know about anything called the Holy Spirit. Said into what baptism? Then were you baptized? They said the baptism of John. He said unto them, John actually uh, came preaching a baptism of repentance, encouraging people to wait on him that was to come. That was Jesus. And when they heard him, they repented and believed. He took them down to the nearby water and baptized them in the water in the name of Jesus. When they came out of the water, in verse 6, the Bible said, And when Paul had laid his hand upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. As soon as they believed, Paul laid hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. I remember when the Samaritans, Samarians were converted at the message of sleep. The brethren sent Peter and just said, Go and lay hands on them that they may receive because they had not yet received. Only they that had re received the word of God. The Holy Ghost is to be received by the believer. It's a gift. The gift is given for Jesus has been glorified. And so, in chapter 2, 1 to 4, they simply received and they spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave out trance. In chapter 10, 46, they received, they spoke in tongues and magnified God. In Acts 19, in verse 6, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And you note from these scriptures that there is a common denominator. I've always said this. The scripture had earlier said that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word must be confirmed. And so, if in Acts 2, they spoke in tongues, in Acts 10, they spoke in tongues. In Acts 19, they spoke in tongues. Somebody can argue that speaking in other tongues is an outward sign that one has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so, it beats me to see that there are Christians who will not see the need to receive the Holy Spirit as it is done or was done in the Acts of the Apostles. Somebody has said, 
when Ananias laid hands on Paul to receive. Well, that was actually what he went to do in chapter 9 of Acts, if you remember. When Paul was converted on the way to Damascus, he had believed. All that Ananias went to do, he said, lay hands on him. He to receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Although in chapter 9, we did not read, we read about how the eyes were opened. We did not read whether he spoke in tongues or not. But we were later to know from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 18, that Paul did not just speak in tongues, that Paul had a habit of speaking in tongues. He said unto them, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than every of you. Why tongues? Because you'll be wondering why tongues? As a matter of fact, when the Holy Spirit is received, He has so much more coming with Him. Speaking in tongues is just the first sign. There are other gifts that we will be discussing today. But I want us to know that the coming of the Holy Spirit comes with that initial evidence. Which I believe is supposed to open the door to every other gift that he comes with or came with. For instance, the Bible said they spoke in tongues and prophesied. I guess that speaking in tongues can open door to prophesying. The other one said, we had them speak in our own language, the wonderful works of God. And when we talk about such words, actually, it's like prophesying. The other one said, they spoke in tongues and magnified God. Praise the Lord. And so speaking in tongues is part and parcel of what must come to you when you receive. And it's better that you make up your mind to receive the Bible way. Because I am yet to see any place where they receive the Holy Ghost in the Bible and nothing happened. Even in Samaria, of course, there was no sure speaking in tongues there. But you know that something happened. It was so clear, so visible. They had and saw to the point that the sorcerer offered them money. So that he could, he, was, he could do what they did. And so, there should not be argument over this. The question you will be asking, what is the essence of tongues? Tongues was not spoken in the Old Testament. In fact, tongues is a New Testament phenomenon. It's peculiar to a new creature, a new creation, a child of God. And there is a reason, or there are reasons. Let me start with this one. If we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if you read verse 2, it says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men. To whom does he speak? He speaks unto God. And what is he speaking unto God? He speaks mysteries. He speaks secrets. He speaks things that are too deep for the human intellect or mind to articulate. He speaks mysteries unto God. And so, as you are a Christian, everybody has this method by which they can connect to our Father in Heaven and they will speak so Dearly speak so intimately, speak mysteries, speak so closely, speak like son and father talking, speaking out of the depth of the heart, and you are the only one that isn't doing it, and it doesn't bother you. Your human mind has its limitation. But your spiritual man, recreated after the image of God, has really no limitations. He can soar to the height of God. And one way he does that is as soon as you receive the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak in tongues. 
Let me quickly say this. Speaking in tongues is not done by the Holy Ghost. It is not the Holy Ghost who talks in tongues. Once you believe that you have received, you can simply go ahead and speak in tongues. The Bible said they were all filled. They spoke, not he spoke. They spoke, not he spoke. In turn, they said they heard them. They heard them speak in tongues, not they heard him. In 19, he said they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So, clearly, it's you who we speak. Sometimes people have waited for the Holy Ghost to begin to speak in tongues to them. No. Once you receive, you speak. You must not begin to wonder how does he sound? How will he sound? What does that, has that got to do with you? The Bible says so even stammer. With men of stammering tongue, I'll speak. In other words, it may not even have syllables. Sometimes it will have complete syllables and a known clear language. But what matters is that the Holy Spirit is giving you what? All trans. We must all speak in tongues from today in Jesus' name. Unless you are not a believer here. You need to speak to God in that deep language. You need to speak with God in revealing secrets that are in the innermost being. The Bible said that deep we speak unto deep. Praise the Lord. It's not going to be possible to fully enjoy your Christianity without the Holy Ghost and without this mystery of speaking in tongues. That's one. Number two, verse four says, He that speaks in unknown tongues edifies himself. What does he mean to edify? To edify means to charge yourself like a battery is being charged in order to be able to continue in doing the work he's been called to do. To edify means to build up yourself onto an edifice. This is a spiritual edifice. When you speak in tongues, you are refreshing yourself. You are resting in the Lord. You are being edified. You are getting ready to serve with power. You are getting ready to serve in strength. You are getting ready to manifest the gifts of the Spirit of God. Speaking in tongues opens you up to really building up yourself in the most holy faith. And Jude verse 20 will say, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you read verse 14, of, you remember where I'm talking at, First Corinthians chapter 14. If you read verse 14, it says, when I speak in other tongues, or when I pray in other tongues, it is my spirit that is praying. My understanding is uh, unfruitful. And so, praying in tongues is actually the way your recreated spirit prays. Why should you keep denying your spirit that ability to pray, that grace, that gift, that what which God has given? For when you pray in tongues, it is your spirit that prays. When you sing in tongues, it is your spirit that sings. If you read it in Amplified, it says, when I pray in unknown tongues, my spirit, by the Holy Ghost within me, prays. Brethren, this year, prayer ends. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. You can't beat praying in tongues. You cannot be praying in tongues because you cannot err in your prayer praying in tongues. You cannot pray, you cannot pray and miss praying with your spirit in tongues. You cannot pray 
selfish prayers, praying in tongues. You cannot pray repetitive prayers, praying in tongues. You cannot pray useless prayers. Prayers that you, you are casting out a demon where there is no demon. You can't pray in tongues, praying that kind of foolish prayers. When you pray in tongues, the Spirit of God, by your Spirit, prays, giving you the best, the most refined, the most articulate, heavenly, backed kind of prayer life. You need to do what God says you should do. Even if it's for the basis of obedience. Had Jesus not said, this I shall follow my believers. In my name, they shall cast out the words in the sun. They shall speak with new tongues. Even if it's for the sake of fulfilling the word of God. You must change your mind and your attitude about thinking. It's not really all that. Some people have said, I will most everybody speak in tongues. There is a place in chapter 14 where it says, all do not speak in tongues. Please, note in chapter 14 where that was said. He was talking about ministry gifts and where they belong. We can all prophesy, but all are not prophets. Are you listening to me? So when it comes to the gifts of diversities of tongues, by which people we, some of them I've read about have actually ministered as ministers of God. It is not everybody. But the simple speaking in tongues at the baptism in the Holy Ghost is for the 120 people in, in chapter 2, the many people in chapter 10, for the 12 people in chapter 19, and of course for you who are seated here. Talking again about praying in tongues before, I will encourage you and we'll begin to pray. Last month, that was 13th and 14th of, uh, I was at, um, our Kigway camp of testimony. Praise God. Uh, uh Reverend Dr. Turner was there too. Praise God. It was at, um, HCF conference. You know what HCF, we should know here. Healthcare, Christian, Fellowship conference for Southeast. I don't know how they found it because I know people came from five states here plus uh, Delta. I was to speak on Lord teach us to pray, but they noticed that I punctuated every message I gave with the need to pray more in other tongues. And I did not just teach them by precepts. I taught them by example. Because I have come to a point where practically most of my prayers are prayed in tongues. In fact, when I begin to pray with my mind, sometimes I think I am only interpreting the tongues I have already prayed. Are you following me? Because he that speaks in tongues should ask God for interpretation. Amen. So, when we had a break, that was on 14th, a couple came to me. They are not that young. Um, if I call the name, some of you will know. A doctor and a doctor missus. They are working at FMC Omaha. They shared a story with my wife and I. They said they needed us to agree with them in prayer. The story was quite moving for me because their daughter is outside Nigeria studying medicine. I think in a place outside America, but in the final year, I think there was a relationship. They moved to America to complete their course. And this lady had moved to do the final year and they had changed the policy of the university. One use of the fifty percent as a pass mark had changed to seventy percent. This girl was not a dozen; he was more above average. But to move pass mark from fifty to seventy was like uh, an uphill task. 
Things she's taken like two times made 52, somewhere around 50, 52. And the main issue that troubled me was to say that it's no more getting easy on them. That when this girl went to study abroad, that the intended was so friendly that they could afford maybe a million or two. You won't believe they, they were paying as high as eight million naira. My words, it moved me. Eight million a year. Maybe some people here will know what I'm talking about. I'm a stranger to that. Praise the Lord. So, and she was to take that exam on 26th of April. We agreed with them. In fact, I told them a story because out of not knowing how this thing was going to work, from 50 something to 70 in a, an exam that she was already losing confidence. She said, she said their daughter said she was already losing hope. I told them my story about my wife. I told them there was some years ago, just trying to give up our faith to hold on something to begin to pray in tongues and to pray. That there were some years ago, when my wife was at the University of Port Harcourt, that she spent most of her time serving God in deliverance and in ministry. Yes, she was reading a course, one history course that was so voluminous. I mean, if it were today, I would have advised her to forget about ministry for some time. But after ministering, on the same day she was going to take the exam the following day, she had very big volumes to read. And she had to go to a sister's room to take a nap so that the sister could wake her up to go to read. Mama once said that as soon as she lay down to sleep, she saw, had a dream. In the dream, it was like a script, a, 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 a question paper that was very far, began to draw near. It doesn't always happen. When it came very close, she discovered that the topic was the history she was going to take the following day with the date of the next day and everything. There were eight questions to answer five. Then, the the paper withdrew itself and returned. When it returned, it has deleted three questions, remaining five. She opened her eyes and was able to write down those five questions. The following day, when she went into the exam hall, she got the paper, it was verbatim. There was not even the, maybe the disorder uh, of the number. It was number one, number two, number three, up to number eight, the way it was given to her. Praise the Lord. It doesn't always happen. You go and read your books, students. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but that was what happened. So we shared it with her, with them, and said, maybe God will move them this time to move back the past mark back to 50 or do such a miracle as happened to my wife or something. So we left every night. My wife and I, we pray in tongues for 30 minutes. We've done it for quite some time now. Every night we'll just pray in tongues for 30 minutes. We call their name. We call other people's name. There were other challenges that we met there. We, every, we've not even stopped praying because we said the day we'll stop praying is the day we will receive a telephone call that it has happened. Praise God. So, on 26th, we spent time praying again. 26th, we prayed. 26th, on 27th, we began to wait for them to call us. There was no call. 28, no call. My wife began to say, this thing may, hey, if, if something had gone out, these people would have called us. On 29th evening, I was in my pharmacy, uh, attending to our clients and patients. My phone rang. I said, do you remember me? I said, who are you? I said, Dr. Mrs. Obadi. I said, don't, how could I forget you? My wife and I have prayed every night for your daughter since that day. When we returned to Maya, we began to do what you told us to do every day. 
my wife, husband and I will pray in tongues for our daughter, not knowing how to pray. So we kept praying. On that 26 days, we spent quite some time. Say, though we didn't spend up to four hours. The exam lasted for four hours. Say, we didn't spend up to four hours. Say, but we spent quite some time. I was listening to her. She said, but our daughter did not make 70%. Their daughter scored 79% in that exam. And so, how it happened... It's only God and the tongues we have all spoken together that was able to resolve it. There are some of you here, maybe you don't have any challenges or forces of darkness on your way. So when you do certain things, you are excelling. You don't know that there are people that the devil has sworn that they will not make a progress. And they don't even know what they are fighting. But when we prayed in tongues, we do family. I don't know how it happened. They said we, we began to do what you said to do. In fact, as I'm talking, the, the husband called me last week and said, look at your July. The chapel in FMC will want you to hold a three days program for us. Praise God. So, I am already going to go to uh, Omaha maybe in July. Just because God answers prayer. Are you following me? Praying in tongues, you can't beat it. That's my, my, what I'm saying. Please, I don't know. I could share more stories, but it's not really what we want stories and the Bible is even enough for you. Must you hear stories to believe? Why not believe Him? That the word of God has said, He that received the Holy Ghost shall speak in tongues. In the past one week or two, like I said, I've been ministering Holy Ghost. I was at Umwese, one community bank in Obet, Obet a microfinance bank, last Wednesday with my wife. You see elderly people, you see young people in the full gospel business and fellowship. They say, just tell us what you want to tell us. When I began to tell them about the Holy Ghost, I didn't know that somebody in the head table, one of the leaders, also needed this baptism. As soon as I entered, they came out seven or seven of them there about. I was still introducing them on how to receive. When they all began to speak in tongues, what, what are we talking? I've seen children speak in tongues. I've seen gray-haired men. I've seen young men. I've seen Roman Catholics receive Jesus and spoke in tongues. Why is it that we are so rigid? Why I'm saying this is because sometimes you, you find rigidity that hinders people. Open up yourselves. Receive the gift of God. It is a gift that you must receive. In the name of Jesus. Let's round it up here. All you need to do is to be born again. All you need to do is to believe. All you need to do is to be sure you received Jesus, the word of God. When you receive him, then you can receive the other next gift. Jesus is a gift. The Holy Ghost is a gift. Our Father in heaven gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost gave us the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to make up your mind. This is not a question of cajoling you. If you must receive, you must be born again. You must be born again. And I want to encourage you to be born again today. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you are walking down to hell. I don't want to frighten you. I don't intend to do so. But Jesus is the source of eternal life. He that has Jesus has eternal life. He that does not have Jesus does not have life. The wrath of God is hanging upon your life. He gave his only begotten son. If you believe Jesus today, you shall have eternal life. God didn't send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus that through him you may have eternal life. As many as who receive him, 
He will give you the power to become the children of God and then qualify for the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead by God, if you confess him with your mouth today as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. If you want to receive Jesus, if you want to make peace with God through Jesus, if you want to hand your life over to Jesus, and you are in this meeting, you are not yet born again, please, can I see your hand so that I can pray for you? You want to give your life to Jesus. Can you pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus? Can you say, Lord Jesus? I've heard your voice. I've spoken to me of your love. I believe with all my heart you died for my sins. I also believe you shed your blood for me. You were raised again for my justification. Jesus come into my life. As my Savior and as my Lord. I receive the power to become your child. Thank you for making me a new creature, a new creation. Give me the strength to continue to the end. As you help me also receive your Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.